welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with another episode of the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. A little surprise this week. <laughs> we weren't finished with ZZ Top, guys. We're going to continue this journey down the bearded road. <laughs> this week, we're going to go ahead and do the ZZ Top Eliminator album from yeah. back in the early 80s, 1983 to be exact. And I can't wait to get into this one, guys. Classic record. Y'all ready to do this? Yes, we are. But you ain't think any catchphrase. Yeah, I got a catchphrase tonight. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Let's crank out some TV dinners because I gots to get paid. Okay, that's pretty good. Pretty that's good. not bad. I like it. I love it that song. Pass. Gots to get paid. ZZ Top. That's an amazing song, man. I've been stank face one, all week on that one, man. Love that song. So it's a great tune. Wrong album. It's okay though. Yeah. All right, all right. I should, say should we, have picked uh, Rio Grande Mud because that one is fantastic. It kicks. It kicks. All right, all right. You know we, we can talk that later. Nonetheless, guys, let's get this thing started. With track number one, it's called Give Me All Your Lovin'. Chris, a little listen. Anthony, 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 this one's yours, brother. Start this thing off. What are your thoughts? Give me all your loving. Man, I love the way this one grooves. I mean, I said, sure, we're definitely not listening to 70s ZZ Top, but that doesn't hurt it one bit. It's a rocker from start to finish. Um, there's a great little breakdown right around the time the, the guitar solo starts. A great guitar solo, too. Frank Beard's killing it on drums. I don't think the guy gets enough credit for what he does um, driving these songs forward. Yes. Yes. Um, I put that in there. Um, I like the guitar that closes it as well. It's number six all time for him, thirteen hundred fifty five times. So, wow. a couple of quick little song facts too. I gave this one a ten, by the way. It's iconic. <laughs> it, don't even don't even <laughs> mention that, I guess. But a um, couple of quick facts. This video was ZZ Top's first to have a sequel, so it gives this the video is a sequel somewhere down the way. I got it in my notes here. The video for the song helped pay off the car that starred in it. Billy Gibbons estimates that he spent about two hundred and fifty grand buying and restoring the car and was deep in debt on the vehicle. By putting the car in the vi- video, it became a business expense and thus a write-off. 
The car was used on the album cover and became a personification of the band. And last thing, that famous ZZ Top hand gesture started with the video for the song. It wasn't planned. The band had to do several takes as the car drove by, and they were instructed to watch it. With about 20 minutes between each take, they came up with the gesture out of pure boredom. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I love it. Alert. Yeah, I love it. All right, iconic. I like it. I like it. I like it. Easy Chris, what did you? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Chris, what are your thoughts of "Give Me All Your Loving"? Well, I agree with Anthony. It is an iconic song, and it is an easy ten. You know, you hear those drums kick in, and just you hear you hear that guitar, and it's almost like what was that that game show? Is like I can name that song in one note. <laughs> right, mean, right, right. You yeah. you hear that guitar that tone. Too. You know it's ZZ Top immediately. I mean, immediately. You, it's it's crazy. I, I'm going to ask you later. I'm not going to do it right now, but <laughs> we got to describe his rig because it's it's it sounds like it's it's so unique. You know it's him immediately, man. Yeah, and I know definitely. part of that's that he's such a good guitarist, but part of it is you just like it's got to be like he, like I say, he's a little bit like Eddie Van Halen, where he's like he plays around in that studio and he gets it exactly the way he wants it. I bet he's a perfectionist. I bet he really is when it comes to stuff like that. Anyway, oh, yeah. it's an easy ten of the iconic songs on this album. It's probably my least favorite iconic song, but that doesn't mean <laughs> it's bad. I just really right, love the other right. two. This is a really good song. It really is. And it's an easy 10 because, man, it was a huge hit for him. So. It was. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, um, Chris, obviously, I'm going to – before I, it's iconic. It's a 10 on my book. My, my basic thing was you guys basically said every note that I wrote down. The first line is simply says, the moment the song starts, you know this is ZZ Top and you know what song it is. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just iconic in every sense of the word. Uh, I mean, that guitar tone is fantastic. The vocal harmonies between him and Dusty, incredible. The drums, I even knock, documented the drums on this one because it's, they're outstanding. Great start for this awesome album. It is 10. All right, Chris, let's go to track number two. It's called Got Me Under Pressure. A little listen, please. I knew that was the part you were going to pick without even thinking. As soon as I heard the first lyric, I was like, I know where this is going. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Anthony, what do you think about Got Me Under Pressure? Yeah, this one has that kind of nasty early ZZ Top sound to it. Helps to get what I'm calling now the ZZ Top stank face when you're hearing it. Um, it's also a solid groover from start to finish. Steady beat, great vocals, killer guitars, drums, etc. There's a great little drum solo around the 210 mark. I um, love the chorus as well. Um, there's a guitar that comes in about the 250 mark as well that gets back to that classic ZZ sound. Good. I, I'm dropping a 10 on it, guys. I think it is iconic. It's number eight all time for a concert. 
right with on. 1134 plays. That's that's a big daggone song. So um, agreed. I think it's a ten. Plus, I knew this one coming in before. I mean, I knew this album pretty well, anyway. Oh yeah, I've heard this song around too throughout the years. So I think it's a ten. Excellent. Fair enough, Chris. What do you think about "Got Me Under Pressure"? Yeah, guys, this one to me feels so much like Miami Vice meets Bob Seger or something, man. It's just like, <laughs> I mean that in the best possible way, by the way, because, I mean, this is such a rocking song. But it does, it, it, it has kind of that, it's definitely a little dated, this song is. I don't mean, I, I, I'm okay with that. I don't find that an insult. If I like the date that it comes from, exactly. then I think that's a good thing. And I, and I like this time frame, yeah. Uh, so good, man. I mean... Like I said, it is a little dated. I gave it a, I actually bumped it up. I had an eight and a half on here. I'm giving it a nine because I'm not sure it's iconic, but it is an excellent song and it just rocks. It's just, it's a great rocking song. So I agree, yeah. man. No, it's a little that's, dated. That's... I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know who their producer was, but it kind of feels like maybe he was another guy who was, who was doing, maybe, maybe he did like Seeger and Don Henley and some of that stuff from the eighties that was like real prominent during that time. Cause I get a, a similar vibe from this stuff. I like all that music too, so that's not a bad thing. But it does kind of, you know, the thing I like about ZZ Top is is when you hear him, you know him. And they almost on some of these songs feel a little bit like other people. I, I guess it's just the way, the way they produce it. Was the eighties, man, trying to yeah. adapt to the, to the decades. All they were trying to do. Doesn't mean I don't like it. I'm just, you know, it's yeah. pointing that. Out. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. No, you know what? See, I was torn between is this thing iconic or not as well, Chris. I love this song. I love how this thing comes in. I think it's got some killer riffing in it. The bass and drum groove yeah. is excellent. Easy to listen to, and the guitar tone is so killer. And it's it's Billy Gibbons. It's it's He's just rocking it out. I think it's great. I I was originally going to give this a nine, but I'm giving it a nine and a half because I think it's somewhere between excellent and iconic. And knowing what Anthony just said, I think I justified my uh, decision in changing that tonight. So, yeah, yeah dude, I, I'm all over that song. I love that. I love this tune. So it, it, it kicks in my book. So now we're going to get up to track number three. It's uh, Sharp Dressed Man. Rarely played, I understand, but Sharp Dressed Man. Let's see <laughs> what we got here, Chris. Very Let us hear listen. <laughs> Talk to me about this sharp dress man. Well, my notes go like this. Uh, this song is a monster. One of the biggest songs of ZZ Top's career. One of the biggest songs of the 80s. And it has that ZZ swagger all over it. Everything works. There are zero flaws in the song. Love that guitar that drops around the 120 mark. It grooves. And uh, three tens in a row. Uh, number five all time in concert with 1,361 plays. And I got a couple of quick facts here that I thought were interesting. Um, according to Billy Gibbons, he got the idea for this song when he saw a movie and a character was listed in the credits as Sharp-Eyed Man. 
They said possibly the 81 film, The Amateur. I don't think I've heard of that one. And the music video was the first that was a sequel. It picked up the story from Give Me All Your Lovin', the video. But yada, yada, yada. You know the rest of that. But anyways, those are a couple of interesting little facts I found. So I'm dropping a 10 on this one, man. This is an easy 10. You know, you don't. I, I can't see that. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. Of course. All right. Yes. All right. Chris, what, what are your thoughts of this sharp dress man? Well, uh, this is, again, an easy 10. And, and Billy's vocals, I, I've, I wrote down here, it's as smooth as 20-year uh, Pappy Van Winkles. Man, if you all know the bourbon world, that's as smooth as it <laughs> I gets. I don't know right bourbon, there. but I assume it's pretty daggone smooth. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh it's, my God. it's so smooth. And that groove is just so nasty in this song. That I mean, yeah. I know this is iconic. It was a huge hit. Uh, easy 10, probably the best song on the album, in, in all fairness. I'm not going to say it's my favorite oh, song no. on the album. But but it probably is maybe their best song on this album. I don't know. Yeah, we can argue that point a little later for sure. Um, okay, I think that, um, you know, and I'm not sure how <laughs> how big this song would have been without MTV. Exactly. This was a beast on MTV. And obviously, they did Give Me All Your Loving, Got Me Under Pressure. They did, what else, Legs and, and TV Dinners for videos. So, yeah. I mean, this... I mean, this basically made ZZ Top a household name at the time, and this is for most of it, the MTV generation from the 80s. I mean, this song is iconic in every sense of the word. Once again, another song, as soon as you hear that first note, you know what you're getting ready to get into. Pure ZZ Top, classic blues rock. Hands down, iconic 10. Now, before, we're before you move on, I have to point this out because you guys didn't, and it just came to my mind. It was the Duck Dynasty theme song, and they actually oh. came and played it on the finale episode. <laughs> really? Those guys closed. Are you serious? Down. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, they did. I don't remember that being a Duck Dynasty theme song. At it all. was the Duck. I song. do. Yeah, yeah every, I, I do yeah, remember was, that now. Yeah, and of course they all had the beards just like these guys, so I mean, it made sense that they found a ZZ Top song for that, but. Right. It had to be brought up. I mean, That's I was going to let it pass. I was like, I got to bring this up before you guys move I on. So, I, okay. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's killer, man. That's killer. Now, yeah. we're going to move it up to uh, track number four. It's called I Need You Tonight. Chris, a little listen to this one. think about i need you at night uh ballot boy what do you guys think <laughs> if you're throwing a 10 on this i'm gonna die laughing bring it on <laughs> no not a 10 not a 10 but uh damn close 
Um, you know, it's got a nice mix of that ZZ Top blues with this, the 80s. They do a good job of fusing yeah. those two together in this one. I'm really digging it. Um, and there's a nasty guitar solo in the middle of it as well. Um, dropping a nine on it. I think it's excellent. Um, but number 30 all-time in concert with 216 plays, that's just too daggone low in my mind, man. That song's too good for all that. But yeah, They got a big catalog, man, so... I don't care. I want this song played more. This is the killer song. So I gave this to the nine, man. I'll, I'll go ahead and call Billy up after the show. And That's fine. Man. What's call up, Billy okay? up. I'll give Dusty a call. We'll see if we get something worked out. So. <sighs> yeah, we got to get him on the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll call the beards since you guys are making calls, dude. <laughs> the tres hombres. Tres hombres. I love it. All right. Hey, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I'm glad you liked it. It's excellent. Chris, what are your thoughts of I Need You Tonight? I'll tell you, you listen to this song and it. Just puts you in the mind of Crockett and Tubbs rolling down <laughs> the freeway in the middle of the night. It's like nothing wrong with that. Yeah, steam coming off the interstate and their nothing Lamborghini, and, and just like deep in thought about losing a coworker to a drug deal gone bad or something. Man, I don't know. It's just like is it, <laughs> this is it. such a smooth song though. And it's just, I mean, yeah, it's a little dated, but man, there's a smolder to this song. It's just got a nasty groove. And that guitar solo is so good, man. This is a big time sleeper for me. I gave it a nine as well, Anthony. Oh, I think it's awesome. an excellent it, song. Love it. Does, it. Love it does it, love my it, little it. heart right over here, man. Wow, this is so that. good, man. This song oh my is God. so good. <laughs> and I guess Jimmy. technically it's a ballad, but it, it feels more like just a blues just I don't know. That's man. what it's I said. so good. It's kind of like a mix yeah. of their blues and yeah. modern sound at the same time. It's a really nice fusion together they got going yeah, there. So definitely be nice, Jimmy. Right. It's time for the final decision of this one. <laughs> All, right. All right, this is what I've got, guys. I love that slow bluesy intro. Billy Gibbons' tone is impeccable. He has the perfect delay set on this thing. I do not know exactly what he's got effect chain wise, but this thing sounds incredible. His vocals are probably the most soulful on this album during this track. The song is outstanding in every sense of the word. I gave it a nine as well. We got a trifecta okay, for wow. nines, guys. Okay. I love this song. And Chris, you're right. This is a sleeper. This is a fantastic song. It's honestly, this could be one of my, if it's not my favorite song, it's my second favorite song. I just love the way this one feels. It's out there in the middle of nowhere. And it literally, it's it's a sleeper. And the next song is going to be a sleeper as well. I can go ahead and tell you that right now. But, uh, yeah, dude, I love this song. I'm glad you guys liked it, too. Anthony, I had a feeling you were going to dig this, but Chris, you were the surprise to me. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, Chris, dude, this is so, so bluesy, man. Now, yeah, come on, dude. man. You know well, I, I didn't like know. This, well, man. I figured when you started the Ballad Boy stuff, I was like, oh, hell, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good, man. It's all good. All right, we're going to go to track number five. This is how they close off side number one of this record. It's called I Got the Six. Go ahead, Chris. Let us listen.
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anthony, what are your thoughts about I Got the Six? Uh, is that Dusty on vocals? Yeah, it's it's it is, Dusty, sir. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely not uh, Billy <laughs> Gibbons. I, I figured as much, man. It's, I, I honestly, I love the, the heavy beat this song has. Um, it's got a nice jam to it, too, with some serious power. I kind of get a honky-tonk rock and roll kind of marriage on this one, man. These two kind of coming together. Killer guitar solo. I dropped an eight on it. I mean, I think it's a great song, man. I'm digging it pretty good. So it's even lower than the last song in concert, like 60, number 64, and only 53 times in concert. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's sad. Maybe, That's sad. Maybe Dusty just doesn't like to sing in concert all that much. Who knows? But. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know, man. That's 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 rough stuff. Uh, Chris, what do you think about I Got the Six? Yeah, it's a, it's a rocking song, and it does kind of – I'll tell you, I didn't write this in my notes, but I noticed in the clip there that – the uh, the rhythm section really drives this song yeah. very well, man. I, I should have written that down and, and noted that in my score, but but I didn't. Anyway, um, yeah, I, th- I said instrumentally it rocks. Lyrically, it's a little juvenile. Let's just be honest, guys. I mean, yeah. Six nine and talk about spanking his monkey and all kind of stuff. I mean, <laughs> it's easy. It's talk, okay. Man. They've been known. I, I, I know Jimmy's gonna bash like me because I can tell he loves this song. But it, to me, it was maybe the weakest song on the album. I gave it a seven and a half. Seven, seven and a half's not bad. Hey, you didn't say five. Spoiler alert, I don't have too many low scores on this sheet here. but <laughs> I gave it an eight, so I'm not too far off. All right, well, I, you guys may pass. I, I, I'll tell you what. I think this has got a hard rocking start uh, for the final song on the first side. I don't think you could yeah. you go any other way with this one. I think it's a perfect ending to this first half of the album. Rocking bass, oh my God, that bass is incredible. I love Dusty on the vocals here. I think it's a fun song. It gives Billy a little bit of freedom to do his little thing. And um, I think it fits their bill. It fits their image because they were all about the women, whiskey, and weed back in those days. And I'll tell you what, I gave it eight and a half. I think it's solid. I think it's between great and excellent. And that's a heck of a way to end one heck of a first side of a record. So we're all in the let's same ballpark. This, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're all close. We're all close. Now let's flip this thing over. Side two, it's track number six. It's called Legs. Chris? Don't know it. <laughs> dude unreal unreal anthony what are your thoughts of legs ah man you know i tried to get my microphone to spin a minute ago like the guitars in that video but it just (laughs) it just wasn't working it was an absolute mess when i tried it but anyways yeah man iconic maybe the most iconic one off this album in my mind it's pure and simply at the 10 everything works from the opening synthesizer to the very last chord this is another one of those songs that was huge not for just ZZ Top but for the 80s as well 
you can't have an 80s playlist uh, popular music without this song being on it um this one may have let's see what i said this one may have lost some of that early zz top swagger and replaced it with an 80s sound because there's still a great guitar solo and dusty sounds i said dusty i meant uh belly sounds great on vocals did that a couple times for some reason i don't know why easy 10 um seven times number seven all time in concert which i thought was kind of low but 13 10 plays wow. and yeah i thought it was i thought it might be a little higher in concert but right um, a couple of interesting quick facts about this one in a 1985 interview with spin magazine zz top guitarist billy gibbons gotta get that right tonight explained the inspiration for the song i was driving in los angeles and there was this unusual downpour and there was a real pretty girl on the side of the road. I passed her, and then I thought, well, I'd better pull over or at least turn around and offer her a ride. And by the time I got back, she was gone. Her legs were the first thing I noticed. Then I noticed she had a Brooke Shields hairdo that was in danger of falling. She was not going to get wet. She had legs, and she knew how to use them. And then another interesting fact, ZZ Top cut a multi-million dollar deal in 1988 for this to be used in a series of TV commercials for legs and pantyhose. <laughs> and since Chris was talking about MTV, I pulled this one too, ironically enough. When the MTV Influence TV series, Miami Vice, launched in 1984, they used lots of contemporary music, including legs, in the first season episode, Milk Run. ZZ Top's Tush and Sharp Dressed Man were also used in that series. So, it's kind of funny you mentioned Miami Vice earlier when it was actually on Miami Vice a few times. I can believe it. This, I mean, this has a bit of a Miami. The whole album has a bit of a Miami Vice vibe to it. But there's uh, some great music, Miami Vice. That's the there is. There is. One of the most. It's one of the most iconic scenes yeah. is that Phil Collins in the air tonight. Oh, yeah. You'll see oh, that yeah. one when yes. he got Crockett and Tubbs heading off, and he stops <laughs> to call the wife, and he's like, well, "Are we good together?" And she's like, "Yeah, we're good." Because he thinks he's going to his death, you know. And it yeah. Just. Blasting Phil Collins, man. Ah, oh, <laughs> I tell you what, man. It's so good. Loading her weapons, too. And you're like, oh, my goodness. That's so good. <laughs> so good. Anyways, go, Chris. Oh, yeah. Go yeah ahead, I'm going to bug follow it up, man. You can't. You're just going <laughs> to say, a lot of pressure just say there, 10 and it's it. <laughs> okay, well, obviously, uh, there's not a lot to critique on this song. I mean, it's easily a 10. I mean, it's a huge hit for these guys. The chorus is so recognizable. I wrote, I can, I can name that song in a half a note. <laughs> Don't even need a, a full note on that one. The riff is just iconic. Uh, so I did look up the the music video for this one. Uh, if you guys watched those this oh, week yeah, or not? Fur Classic. Oh my god! It, it was just like out of a Pure straight out of cheese. like a John Hughes movie with like a, or mix it with Revenge of the Nerds or something. Porkies. <laughs> all, the, all those eighties <laughs> high school bullies. I'm pretty sure those guys were in all those movies that were in that. Uh, that video uh, is great. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Easy, easy ten, man. Easy ten. Yeah, you know, I, I had a whole spill about the MTV era as well, Anthony. I'll be honest with you. This is one of the classic videos from the day. It and is. I remember drooling over the blonde and her leg, oh, which yeah. is kicking the guys. But you know, when she changes her look, it's hilarious, man. Yeah. Uh, musically, this song rocks out. It's easy to rock out to. I mean. This is ZZ Top, what I thought was adopting to the technology. They're taking advantage of this era. It's iconic. Like I said, it's a 10. Yeah. And, guys, I'm, I'm going to shock y'all at the end of this, so y'all be prepared what we're talking about right here, how how the instruments are played and stuff like that. Y'all wait till you hear the end of this one. This is going to be good. So, um, yeah, I forgot. Legs reminded me. Just so y'all know, Billy Gibbons pretty much played everything on this song. 
Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's some secrets to this record that are uh I think I know where you're going with it. I've I've, yeah. I've read the same thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot he of He pretty much recorded the whole album. Those guys weren't involved, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Him and Terry yeah. Manning, uh that was the engineer slash producer yeah. with uh Billy Gibbons. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of stuff that was never ever told until like maybe fifteen or you know, ten or fifteen years ago. So nonetheless killer killer tune that brings us up to the next song it's track number seven it's called thug chris give us a little listen What did we just listen to? Was that ZZ Top? What the hell? Man, I'm digging it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anthony, what do you think about Thug? Man, I'm digging this one. It's full of crazy synthesizers, bluesy vocals. Um, I love the bass in this one. And the bass is so stupidly good. I love how it just breaks in and takes over like it owns a place throughout the song. It's a groover from start to finish. I'm dropping a nine on it, boys. It's an excellent song in my mind. I am really, really into it. And these lyrics, they're, they're just, they are straight out of cool i mean it says you look like who you say you are so scoot over let me drive your car roll down the glass and give me some wind lock all the doors i'm on the loose again all right i haven't sat behind a wheel like this since that job in 1956 can't wait till i can do it again can't keep my nose clean living in sin all right i had a friend down in alcatraz he had the money and machine guns stashed we busted out June 21. We're going to rob still toting our guns. All right. It just, <laughs> oh, it just sounds badass, man. It's there now. It's like a couple of gangsters on the loose out having a that's rocking exactly time, what it, man. Dude, that's the Illuminator car. It's the gangster car. I'm telling you, man. Oh, it's a beautiful car, too. It's awesome, man. So you, you, what you're saying is you like this one. <laughs> I do, man. It's a nine. That's a funky song. That bass is killing me in that it song, is. It's a, it's a thumper for sure, for sure. Chris, what did you think about Thug? I just got a sound effect for this one here. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, whatever. I did see how these reactions. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> oh, God. It's because you don't recognize greatness, my friend. <laughs> to the sewage with that song. <laughs> I knew you were going to love this, Anthony. I, I, I wrote here in my first note, I bet Ballad Boy becomes bass guitar boys <laughs> I love the bass guitar man no there, there's a it. there is a great groove to this song there's no doubt about it and actually kind of in all fairness I didn't care for it early on in the week but it, this is one that grew on me over time it really did 
Uh, I will say it's more of a jam session than anything. I mean, it's it really just, it kind of felt like the whole thing was just a big jam session. I'm probably a little low. I gave it a seven and a half, but yeah. between very good and great. No, I, not- the toilet flush was a complete joke for Anthony's sake. <laughs> I don't really think that. <laughs> I just had it and I had to use it. So, you know, I was like, I mean, I seven and a half. That's great. Rating, man. No, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's between very good and great. There's no, no flaws there. I'll tell you what, for me, Thug, that creepy intro, oh my God, it, the use of keyboards and synth, that funky bass line going throughout. You know, originally I had written down, Dusty shows his stuff on this one, but this ain't Dusty. This is Billy. Yeah. Just so you guys know. <laughs> this crazy, is Billy man. doing this, so I'm telling you right now. I notes too for some weird reason. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't, I, didn't, I always thought it was. I didn't realize this album wasn't recorded by the trio until this week, because I went and started yeah. digging through some crap, and I was like, oh my God. I had no idea. Like the majority of the album was recorded by, by uh, Billy and this engineer uh, Terry, and uh, the other guys recorded a couple songs, of course, and you know did their part. But apparently Billy had this thing lined up and ready to roll. So, nonetheless, those tasty riffs are delicious on this one. Billy fills the voids in so well with those little rips he does on his guitar. I love it. I think it's a sneaky good song, man. I gave it eight and a half. This is probably my second favorite song. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So I'm with, I'm at an eight and a half. I think it's great. Uh, I think it's between great and excellent. So yeah, now let's get us up to uh, is track number eight TV dinners. Chris, little listen. That head bobbing kids. All right, Anthony, what do you think about TV dinners? Uh, what I write here, maybe one of the best songs they ever did that combined their synth sound and their bluesy sound. I love that little breakdown around the 125 mark. And then from there, the song drops into this nasty groove. It's the kind of song that gets a nine for me, not so much for the lyrics, but for the groove. A song like this doesn't even need lyrics because it jams so hard. This might be one of those easy top songs that's a hidden gem for me. I'm digging this one a lot. And I, I know it was released as a single, but I don't feel like it gets, you know, people don't really know it got released as a single. And it's only been played 57 times in concert, number 62 right. all time. So, and that's wow. a single song. So that's kind of strange in my mind. But it's, and the video um, before Jimmy and you guys start, it's pretty cool. I don't know if you've seen a video this week or not. Oh, yeah. Like a, yeah. A little alien crawling around the video and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. It's like a tool video from the 80s. Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. But, yeah, I'm dropping a nine. Yeah, excellent. Hey, cool. for me, man. I very, like it. very good, man. Very Chris, funky. What, what do you think about TV dinners, man? Uh, man, Anthony took the words out of my mouth. It's the groove. <laughs> it's all about the groove on this song. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's so smooth. And that synthesizer that pops in there, it kind of, it really, I'd be curious to hear this song without that because I think it kind of changes the whole vibe of the song. 
and I guess it was intended to do so, so that's a mission accomplished there. Uh, fantastic guitar solo on this song, and Billy's vocals, again, 20-year pappy. I mean, it's as smooth as it gets, man. It's I put eight and a half on it. Uh, maybe that's a little low. I don't know, but I, that's where I am with it. Hey, man, fair enough, fair enough. See, see I, this is, <laughs> I wrote down on this one, uh, the MTV era video included on this track is simply amazing. <laughs> It's pure cheese. It is pure cheese. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is probably the best song that I've ever heard anybody discussing the variety of TV dinners. I'll just be honest with you. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, You know what? It may not be as famous as the other tunes on this one. The other videos, I should say, the Sharp Dressed Man, Give Me All Your Loving, um, and Legs. Oh, my God. But this is it's a groove. This is a groover. I'm with Chris. I'm eight and a half on this, and I might be a little low too. I think it's fantastic, and it's a, it's a great song. It's in my opinion, it's it's the it's the sleeper out of the ones that were released as singles. So that's that's what I I'll say so about too. that. I guess it didn't get a lot of fame, but man, it's, it's a great 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 tune. Now we're going to go to track number nine. It is called "Dirty Dog." Chris, Dirty a little dog. listen. <laughs> Another head bobber. Anthony, what do you think about Dirty Dog? Yeah, it's not one I can say stands out to me a lot on this album. The vocals were guitars and drums do too. I put a 7.5 on it. Kind of gave it an extra 0.5 for the dog barks and whistles at the end of it. Um, there's a killer guitar <laughs> solo that closes that out as well. So a couple of things I like at the end of it. But yeah, it, it didn't jump off at me all that much. It's it's a pretty good song. Not a skipper. you know. I'd still get into it, but it's a decent song. Fair enough. Chris, what do you think about Dirty Dog? Man, it's like Anthony's reading my notes on this one here. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it kind of feels like a speed up, uh, sped up B-side to legs. Like, you know how they had yeah, those like 45. Like, has that day. riff, dude. Yeah, it, it like, does. It, it sounds legs like legs. Or Sharp Dressed Man. Yeah. I keep hearing Sharp Dressed Man in that one, too. So. Yeah, I wrote it. It's a pretty good rocker. It's not one I'd seek out, not one I'd skip. It's middle of the road for me. I gave it a seven. Yeah. Hey, it's man, not a bad yeah. song. It's just like, it's kind of like... It falls Middle by the, the wayside with right. some of these other ones, yeah. It does, it does. I wrote down it's faster paced. Uh, Billy's rocking. The synths are still present. They fit the song, however. Um, I do say it's rocking. It's not my favorite tune, like you guys were saying. It's kind of eh, in there, but it's still good. I did. I gave it a seven, so I, I thought it was, you know, at very good at least, you know. And it's, I don't, I wouldn't skip it, but I'm not going to seek it out either, guys. All right. Yeah. So now we're at uh, track number ten. It's called "If I Could Only Flag Her Down." Chris.
Here come the blues. <laughs> Anthony, what do you think about if I could only flag her down? Yeah, it has a has a nice steady beat to it. It's kind of getting back to more of that traditional ZZ Top sound. Nice guitar solo. I love the guitar that closes it out as well. Uh, I like this one a lot, man. I love this line in the song. It's not because of her lotion. She's a real sweet candy bar. I mean, that just paints a hell of a picture, man, in my mind. I want to drop an 8.5 on this bad boy. I dig in this one, man. So it's, it's cool. a good one. So, all right. Chris, what do you think about if I can only flag her down? There's a nice uh, kind of almost 60s <laughs> throwback sound to this thing. Yeah. And it's, it's great. And it's toe tapping, the head bobbing. Uh, I love, I think it's the best guitar solo of the night, to be honest with you. I love that guitar solo. I had to grab it on the clip there just so you guys could listen to that. Uh, I think it's my favorite song on the album. I'm not going to lie. Really? I, I, I don't think it's. As iconic as, I mean, I'm not going to give it a 10, but but I am going to give it a nine and a half. I love that bluesy sound, and it's just so, yeah, it's, I, it's so good. It's so good. It really is. It, it's. It, I think it might be my favorite song on the album. It's fantastic. Dude, that is killer. Uh, you, 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 it's not my favorite song on the record, Chris, but I'm going to tell you right now. This is what I've got. The blues shuffle finally makes its way on the record. Big time. Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, finally, and that's highlighted in, in exclamation point. Solid guitar riffing throughout this song. Tasty slide work. Might be the best solo on the album. I'm telling you, man. Just like it's literally what I have written down here. Unbelievable. It's a great song. I'm at an eight and a half. I might be a little low on it, but you know what? Eight and a half is still between great and excellent. So I'm good with that one. Um now let's finish this thing up with a little track called Bad Girl. Bad girl for you. Anthony, <laughs> what do you think about bad girl? You know, this almost sounds like an 80s version of an old 50s song. That's kind of the vibe I got when I listened to it. I mean, it works. It's got a great guitar solo. I like the drums in it, too. It's a solid way to close an album out. I'm going to drop an eight on it. So I think it's a great song, man. I'm really digging it. It's a good closing cool. song. Solid closing song. Good way to send you off. Hey, right on, right on. Chris, what do you think about bad girl? Yeah, Anthony, you mentioned last week there was a song that kind of reminds you of uh, Roadhouse. Yeah. Uh, the movie Roadhouse. And th- to <laughs> yeah, me, this, this one feels this like something it. you'd hear in Roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> it really does. It's just an all-out rocker. It's a really solid way to close the album. And I think Dusty did a really good job with the vocals on yeah, this. Yeah, he did. And, and you know what? I was thinking about this. Like, how how intimidating is it singing when you got a guy like Billy Gibbons <laughs> who sings most of the songs and like having to get up and sing like okay it's your turn go ahead and sing one I mean I'd like 
God, I mean, this guy can just melt butter with his voice, man. It's so smooth and like to get up and, but he did, he nailed the vocals on this. I got to give him credit. Uh, guitar crushed it. Rhythm section drives the song really well. I gave it eight and a half. I think it's a very solid. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a solid closer. Wow. That's great, Chris. Now this is, this is how I noted this one and I'm familiar with the catalog. However, they're with their discography, I should say this track is the preview to the tone that you're about to hear on the Afterburner record that comes out next in line. If you listen to this song and then you go listen to Afterburner, you're like, oh yeah, this is what they sounded like on the last song on Eliminator because that's what it sounds like. It's got the same tone, same drum beat, the same drum drum sounds, everything. This is a great hard rocking uh, blues track to end this, or you know, or, you know, a, a heavier blues track to end this record. It's it's an awesome ending song. I, I didn't think it was horrible by no means. I um. I think it's 7.5. I believe it's somewhere between very good and great. I think it's very solid to end this record. So many good songs on this one. You know, they've got to be hearing, you know, good, bad, indifferent. This is one that by no means is not bad. It's just, uh, it's not as good as the rest of this record, but it's solid closer. Now, let's see how this thing finalizes in your eyes, kids. Anthony, what's your overall assessment of this one? Uh, Statistical rating was an even nine. And I'd honestly be willing to bump that up to a 10. This is just an excellent, this isn't just an excellent album, but it's an iconic album, not only for the 80s, but for ZZ Top as well. This band may not be who they are today without it. And who knows what MTV would have been without their videos holding that channel up because their videos were very popular in a very young age for MTV back in the day. I highly recommend this album from start to finish, man. It's a great album. No, no real clunkers at all in my mind. So, hey, fair enough, fair enough. Chris, what do you think about the overall assessment on this Eliminator album? Yeah, I mean, there were three slam dunks right off the bat. There, I, I knew before I even started listening they were going to be tens, and and they clearly were. Uh, and, but some of the lesser known songs are really good. And I will say they were a little dated, but man, I enjoy that that style of that date, if you will, that early '80s Miami Vice kind of vibe to it. <laughs> uh, so I mean, right. I, I didn't mind that at all. Like I said, I got shades of some Bob Seger in there, even like a little Don Henley, like that Dirty Laundry song. One of them kind of reminded me of that too. Um, Billy's vocals are still as smooth as it gets in the business, man. I mean, he he just he's the he's the ultimate cool when you get in there. I mean, he really is, and. Yeah, I think, I'll be honest with you, I don't think this is as good as, as the one we listened to last week. I really don't, but it's pretty close. And I just, I think I prefer that style of music more. When I tallied this thing up, I got an 8.8. I think last week I got a 9.0, so it's real close. But I, I'm just more of a, like a blues rock guy than I am that 80s synthesizer stuff. And that's why, I guess why I like that more. I'm curious to get y'all's thoughts maybe afterward, it, which album you preferred out of the two, because I think it's a good, since we just did these back-to-back, a compare and contrast kind we of can, thing. We can uh, do that, yeah. 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 All right, that's, you know what, Chris, honestly, you're on the exact same page. When it comes to statistically, mine came out as an 8.8 as well. But just like Anthony said, I'm going to round up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give it the iconic praise that you gave it. And you know what? And honestly, this probably is iconic in their discography. However, I'm going to give this one a solid nine, at least in my ears. Um, for me, it's, it's absolutely a solid nine. It's, it's fantastic. It's a great ride in history of ZZ Top. It is a record. It does date them for sure. Mm -hmm. They were experimenting on sounds that, were absolutely unheard of for a blues rock band to even consider doing, and they did it balls to the wall. 
They didn't care. Now, with that being said, this is what I was going to tell you tell you guys about. Chris, you won't know what he used on this record. He basically used one amp. It was something called Legend, and it was a 50-watt amp. It was a hybrid amp, and he basically used two different Dean guitars on this thing and that amp. That's what he used. That's crazy. And, of course, he had a couple wow. of different effects that he threw in the chain, I'm sure. However, for somebody as famous as him to use only Dean guitars, which – they were custom built. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing you're getting off the shelf. And they were high end back in those days for sure. But nonetheless, he used Dean guitars. He used an app that was, in my opinion, it's unheard of. I've never even heard of it until I read, these, read this article this week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. And the other thing that really shocked me, and I said it earlier, him and the engineer, Terry Manning, were basically the main guys behind this record recording this thing. You know, Frank and, and Dusty just weren't there for the whole album. And I will tell you this. It says here... Um, Terry, uh, Terry Manning says that contrary to Billy's story that a drum machine was used on Eliminator, which honestly, I think a drum machine sounds like it was used. However, this is what Terry said. He said, well, well, I guess it can be told now as long as you promise not to pass it on. Yes. I played the drums on legs. And in fact, almost the whole album, the song was recorded in my attic, except for Billy's lead guitar and vocal, which came on a previous studio version, which was unsatisfactory. And he said, oh, if I could only tell the whole story, maybe someday. Well, I'm thinking to myself, I want to hear the whole story on this. I want to know what the hell's going on with these guys in the middle of having a potential back breakup. Because on the, the, the little, uh, you know, the, the show I told you about on Netflix, they didn't really speak of this, did they? No, they didn't. I, they didn't I was going to say, I didn't remember any kind of rift in the band. They basically took time off to let Frank recover. Well, and, exactly. you know, he yeah. was going through some serious, serious troubles. Yeah, that was before and this, wasn't it? That was like. It was. Know, this yeah. was this was the late 70s. I mean, I think yeah. he, he, what did he say? I think he took his first $87,000 check and blew it all on heroin. Basically, 87 yeah, grand was what his yeah. check was from, was that, what, what so, album was that? A lot was of that black, that's a lot of black Fandango? tar right there, man. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was after Fandango. It was around well, the El Loco album. Era. Oh, I don't, I don't know what it was, but man, 87 grand. I think it's what he said, dude, for real. So I he think just it was basically that, uh, cashed well, it in. I, I do know one seventy nine, whichever one it was. Delgado, Delgado. That, Delgado oh, I, Delgado, I did read yeah. that producer uh, sued for the because he claimed he wrote Thug, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah, and they had to settle too. because he actually uh, had the copyright he to that proved song. It. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so so they gave him six hundred thousand dollars for that. I mean, the documentary Jimmy's talking about is on Netflix. ZZ Top, that that little old band from Texas. It's a great documentary. It's fantastic. But it seems like it's all roses and peaches in my mind when I was listening to that band talk. There was no hint yeah, of dissension. Probably, no, none at all. They, that was early. They've probably gotten over all that, man. I, I would assume at oh, this I'm point. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, it was just weird. They know, Not a single mention of this. And the fact that they mentioned that Frank had a problem, and he was openly talking about this, which was right. amazing. That's a simple sign of a man that's gone through some stuff and is willing to admit his, you know, his evils uh, that yeah. he went through. So. All props to Frank Beard. Oh my God, dude, that's that's mm. incredible. He rec- and the fact that he could keep playing drums like that while he was all tarred up. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it says a lot about the band when they stick by some. Like oh, when yeah. Def Leppard stuck by Rick Allen when he lost his arm. Right. I mean, that says right. a lot You're about the people right. in that band. No, I, you know? I saw a video of Billy talking, and somebody asked him about when they had to take that break, and he's like, "We've only got one guitar, one drum player, and this is the guy right here. That's the only one we're that's ever right. going to have." I mean. Yeah. You talk about sticking by a guy. That's and that says wasn't a lot Dusty right working like at a airport yeah, he or something? An airplane, yeah, he worked <laughs> I mean, at an airline. And that poor guy had to go back and get a real job again. You know, well, I mean, actually, he went and did that job because he wanted to get back to doing a real job, get back to his roots. Basically, he said he was so burnt out from everything. He wants just 
he wanted to be a nine to five guy. Yep. He just wanted to be like he didn't want to be famous anymore. Yeah. He wanted to be nine to five and just work That's crazy, ain't it? Shave the yeah, beard. Nobody know who you are, man. <laughs> well, they didn't have a beard then. They didn't grow the beard until that break. Yeah, I, I mean, they grew that beard, and then, you know, because they they were on tour for. It's like that Iron Maiden tour went on for like two and a half years. I'm crazy. <laughs> right, like, right, just, right. They well, that's how like he made late, money, dude. I mean, back then, that's how he made money. He said from like the late 60s to the mid-70s, they were just touring all the time. He said by the time they hit those last years of the 70s, they were just done. He just wanted to get back to just be a regular Joe. He said he was done with all of it. Dusty did. So. Unreal, unreal. Yeah. All right, Anthony, you have any questions for us this week? I know Chris obviously posed one, which one, we'll get to that one in just a second. Did you, did got you give us a final to, score on yours, Jimmy? I didn't catch it. I did. It was 8.8. I rounded that's up to right. nine. Yeah, right. yours was the same thing as yours, 8.8, and I went ahead and rounded the nine. Gotcha. Nah, I'm, I don't have any questions this week. You know, right, Chris, Chris has something to say. Chris, so. is, that's, that's a great one, Chris. You want to go first? You want me to hit this one off? Or? Well, I've already given my answer. I, I preferred Trace Ombres, but I, I'm curious I what you, you guys think you. about it. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and go, Anthony. Yeah. I'm a Trace Ombre's guy too. I like everything basically pre-80. I love it all. I would have a hard time picking an album, and I think you guys know which one I'd pick. It's Rio Grande Mud. I love that album. That one looks good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's killer. And it, Trace Ombre's is a close second. And then the first album is even as good. I mean, God, it's it's such a great, great – that trilogy is incredible, just so y'all know. The first three kick you right in the face, and it's pure yeah. Texas blues. Nonetheless, Anthony, what, what are your thoughts? I, I'm leaning towards Trace Ombre's too. I mean, that, that album – it just put me on a uh, tailspin. I've been listening to ZZ Top a lot the last two weeks, and it was all caused that one album. I just love that, love that sound. But this one is, it holds up for me. You know, it's still a great album, but it's, I think Trace Hombres has a chance to be one of those albums that stays the distance because it doesn't right. have the, the 80s sound to it. Even my wife, when we were watching the documentary, she was like, you know, I don't like that 80s sound as much. It sounds dated to me, but that old stuff. It, it'll it never get timeless, old. Man. It's timeless. Yeah, so it never grows old. Yeah. So. That's a formula that, that will never, ever age. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, my gosh. Well, guys, this was a great, great week. I, uh, I've i enjoyed the the sticking with ZZ Top. I have absolutely had a blast, and I went through it. I can't even imagine what my playlist looks like because it's been nonstop <laughs> ZZ Top yeah. for two weeks. That's it'll be a yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, like in the stuff that it's playing on its own outside of ZZ Top has been outstanding. Like I've been listening to, cra- you name anything from the freaking seventies and eighties as blues rock bass has been playing on mine. Almond Brothers, even yeah. some Eric Clapton's been in there, man. It's been great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, listened to, uh, I listened to a couple of Rush albums earlier today and uh, they had a real bluesy song on one of their first albums. I was really kind of surprised by oh, no I didn't doubt. know they had, they hit the blues that hard. They had one song was like, Oh, it's a ZZ Top Trace Ombres kind of vibe, you know. They kind of surprised to hear that. But. <laughs> oh, they were super, great, super talented, man. Oh, my God. Oh, amazing band. <clears throat> well, Anthony, before we close this thing out, what do you got going on this week? Uh, well, I dropped uh, an episode on Nightlight Tales this week, Edge of the Axe. It's an old slasher movie from the 80s that I didn't know about until Shudder showed up with it. Pretty decent movie. Cool. Um, and... Songlines and Tan Lines dropped a ZZ Top song this week. Rough Boy, in case y'all caught that. I actually off. caught that one. It's great. Off Afterburner. I like that song a lot. And this week it's Cairo by Jimmy Buffett. It's a song he did. So I always liked it. It's a funky I'm familiar song. with that song. What album is that on? It's got to be a newer it's one. On right? a, it's on an EP that oh. he did. Like a five song EP. Okay. So. Fantastic. Yeah. What year were you talking about there with that? Like, uh, uh, like late 90s, I think. Okay. It's like a little EP I got there from Best Buy. I think Best Buy is the only one that sold it. Hmm. Had oh, wow. that on there and Come Monday and 
maybe one or two songs from his Don't Stop the Carnival, something like that. That's something good. Oh. Fair enough. Well, guys, I tell you what. So next week, back on schedule. Bon Jovi. <laughs> I won't change it next week. Yeah, this is all Anthony's bon Jovi. fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. I'll take. You know what, Anthony? If you screw up like that again, I'm in. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> well, see, the problem is, I was listening to some of Jeezy talk. My face froze. That stank face. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to try and work my way back out of it. So that's why I need a little extra time to get to Bon Jovi. So that is so yeah. great. That is so great. Well, Bon Jovi, New Jersey, next week. Yes. All right, boys. Let's wrap this thing up for Audible Ecstasy Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review New Jersey by Bon Jovi. We'll see you then.